I do not understand this football name in America. How how many of kicks is there in the football game? Six kicks? I'm gonna say it once and hopefully I'm wrong, but it's a disaster waiting to happen. I love all of those things with the piggy skin and the men running around. So much screams and then a toss and then everyone is in a large, large hill. A star is born in the NFL. I like the moxie, but I, more importantly, I like the poise and the noise. Oh, what are you doing? You gotta be paping me. It's Jonathan Elway. He was so sassy and cool and hey guys, I'm a cowboy. Bang, bang, sling, sling, toss, toss. I'm going to lose all the time. And then I win and then he leaves as he wins. You cannot beat this. From Munich, Germany, the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast with Kevin Gilligan. Yes, I'm Kevin Gilligan, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, lifelong Broncos fan. I recently moved to Munich, Germany, but as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder, and so I still love them and love talking about them, even though it's from across the pond. Top of the morning to you, Broncos fans. Well, we have another week of off-season um, talk. And unfortunately, a bit of a downer week after the loss of Mr. Pat Bolin. Um, obviously, a very sad, heartbreaking loss, but in a way also strangely joyful. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit, about why it's 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 somewhat of a good thing in my personal experience with the, the horrible, horrible disease of dementia. Um, we're also going to talk about, you know, his a bit of his legacy, a bit of what my experience with with what he meant to the Broncos and Broncos fans and to me personally. Um, Skipper Dude will also give his impression of the great um, Pat Bolin and his legacy. And then finally, we will end the show with our first step towards selecting the top best-looking Denver Broncos. First, of course, we're going to honor Mr. Bolin. Um, but then we'll make it a little bit lighter, as I believe Mr. Bolin would have appreciated, um, because I think we should honor his his life and his legacy and not be too down about it. And I think my experience, unfortunately, with, with this disease is my, my grandfather died last year, also, um, also had dementia, several other health problems as well, but had dementia for many years. I think he had it for 10, 10 or... 11, 12 years, and by the time he passed away, he, he really, he couldn't speak, he couldn't recognize anyone, I mean, it, it was a very difficult thing to handle, and in back in the day, you know, back 15 years ago, he was one of the sharpest, smartest, most intelligent people I've ever met, you know, he was in the Navy, an officer in the Navy, he was, he was extremely highly intelligent, extremely funny, um, and to see him, you know, mentally waste away, that it was really, really difficult. It, it was hard to watch, and I, I'm sure it was the same for the for the Bolin family. And so it, it's in in a strange way, it's it's a relief, I think, for him to be gone and for him to be in a better place, um, hopefully at least, and that that he um, he can now be remembered for for what he was, you know, the this strong, good you know, honorable man that he seemed to be and the man that he, that led this team, this franchise to, to great places and someone who took it to places that no one else probably could have. I mean, he revolutionized many things about the NFL, you know, the NFL network, he did TV deals, you know, he did, there are a lot of things that he contributed in a huge, huge way to the modern NFL. 
And the fact that he he is only going to get into the Hall of Fame, you know, after his death, it, it's really a shame. Now, fortunately, it's in the same year, and that's going to be a really emotional emotional event, I think, um, when he's enshrined in the Hall of Fame just shortly after after passing away. And I, I mean, why he got in after Jerry Jones, you know, there are plenty of plenty of you know reasons. But you know, I, I saw several posts on Twitter, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember who they were from, but they were saying that he. Part of why he took so long to get into the Hall of Fame was because he didn't he didn't ask for that recognition himself. That's not who he was. He he was not a me 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 guy. I mean, Jerry Jones is is more of a guy who's more in the public spotlight. You know, he he gives these fun interviews. He's he's the one in the front of the camera. You know, when when the team wins, he's the first one the camera pans to. And with the Broncos, that wasn't really the case. And that wasn't the case with Pat Bowen, I, I should say, because he didn't want that to be the case. Pat Bowen knew that for him, at least, the most important thing was winning, but it wasn't it wasn't his win. You know, I mean, I, he was he was such a seemingly humble guy. I mean, I mean, he just wanted his team to win for his fans, for the Denver fans. That's what really mattered. He loved the players. And you see that you you see that now with, with the players that come out and, and 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 give him you know tributes to him after his passing, and how much he meant to them. I mean, he was a friend. He he was a a guy that they 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 would actually even spend time with, a mentor. You know, a a a, a good example. How many owners are are can you say that about in in, in the world of sports? I mean, he didn't just bring the team to to a winning mentality, which of course is a very difficult thing to do. You know, he he asked for perfection, and he even he got you know his championships, three of them, more winning seasons than, excuse me, more playoff wins than losing losing. No, no, what is it? Okay, it's more Super Bowl appearances than than losing seasons. I believe that's that's the stat, and he's he's one of the greatest owners, at least of the modern era. And he was such a humble guy. I mean, it's perfectly shown in the most famous video probably of, of Pat Bowen's life when he passed the trophy on to John Elway. You know, this is for John. And how cool is that? How cool is that for the owner to, to immediately take that trophy and give it to a player? That says a lot. It, it really does. And I mean, I think we all appreciate that as Broncos fans. Every time I see it, it gives me a little bit of shivers. And and I, I mean, I was only, let me think, I was eight at the time. So I don't really remember that Super Bowl. I, I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't really a fan yet. I, I knew football. I knew the Broncos. But I didn't really understand what was going on. And I, I think I told this story. The only thing I remember was, was we had just moved to a new house. And my dad told me that the Broncos were playing the Packers. And I was like... That's a dumb name for a football team. <laughs> um, but I do remember, I remember maybe a few years later and seeing that video again. And I asked my dad, you know, what what that was about. I mean, why why did he give it to, to John? Who, who was John and, and what was this about? And, and my dad just said something like, you know, this is, he was being a good owner. You know, he, he was being a nice guy and giving it to a player who had worked hard and, and been through a lot for the franchise and showing good leadership. Which he always did. He, he he was he was that stable force, and and you've seen that. You know, once he started to fade away mentally, the the team started at least a little bit to lose direction, and especially after Peyton Manning, um, 
you see that clearly that they there was not that stable force and and that's I don't even mean to throw shade at someone else that's a hard thing to do owning a team is really difficult I mean Skipper is going to talk a little bit um, coming up about you know the different ownerships in in Denver and 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 um, CEOs he's had experience with that is a really difficult job so I don't blame the other Bolins or whoever's in in leadership positions now. You know, it, it's it's not an easy thing to do. How many teams, you know, regularly succeed with their with their ownership? And it, it's more of, of a praise for for Mr. Bowen and, and Pat Bowen, what he was able to do and, and keep this I don't know, this 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 good atmosphere. You know, you you had you always had this winning mentality. It was it was it was win or bust, but it was also I don't know. There, there was something nice that it felt good. Being a Broncos fan with with Pat Bowen in charge felt good. It felt like like it was the right thing. I mean, even if I wasn't born in Denver, which I was, but if I wasn't, I think I would be attracted to that. There wasn't, you know, there was almost this honor with Pat Bowen in the franchise. You had this respectability. And and he had it in spades, and, and and you know God bless him for it. I think we we can look to him for for an example of of you know humility and 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 goodness. Sure, you know I'm sure he had his own personal issues like everyone, but as a leader, what what a guy, what a guy, you know. I mean, I think it, it's it's. It's nice to see the legacy that he has left. You know, I think that now, now that he's he is gone from this world, I hope that he can look down and, and see, you know, the, the the impact he had on others. And that should be that should be something for us to try to aspire to. Even if we're not CEOs, if we're not owners, what is our impact on the daily lives of others? How do we affect others in everything we do? You know, are we humble? Are we looking for the best interest of, of, of everyone else rather than ourselves? That that's I mean, how many people do we run across that are selfless? It's hard to be selfless. I'm not selfless. Jeez. I need to work on it, you know? I need to be more selfless. But what a good example he was. You know, he didn't take that trophy and say, Yeah, finally mine. He said, No, this is for John. That is such a good example. It's such a good example to, to men, to boys. And I hope that his example and, and what he brought to the franchise will, I hope that it reverberates, you know, for the years to come. I, I hope that what he earned for the team in his in his goodness and in in his character, I hope that 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 I guess you could say that karma. I hope it it what goes around comes around, you know. And I hope it will come back, and and, and somehow the Broncos will find that again. In, in, in whatever leader it is, maybe it's his his daughters or granddaughters or someone else. I'm not, you know, I don't think this is a time to worry about that. We can worry about that, you know, in the coming weeks. Who's going to be the owner? You know, and, and we've we've talked about it before. It's 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 a mess. It's a it's a total mess. But I hope again that that his influence and his the spirit of Pat Bowen can can help lead to a good outcome for the ownership. Bring respectability and honor back to that 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 position. A steady hand to lead this team again. 
will we have another owner like Pat Bowen? No, we won't. It, that, that comes around once every hundred years or something. It, it's just, it's really, really rare to have someone who has, you know, first of all, the money, who has the the attitude, the mentality, you know, the leadership abilities to to be able to set a tone and lead by example, set an atmosphere in that room, but also to not intervene. He didn't get in the way. He was there. He was always there. It was his baby. But he looked at it more, it was like he was the grandfather, right? I mean, he was he was the grandfather who set that tone as the as the you know almost the spiritual father of the team, the patriarch. But he didn't have to raise the kids, right? He put people like Mike Shanahan. Shanahan was the dad. Shanahan was the one who had to to spank the kids every now and then, right? And and Mr. Bowen, he was the guy who you could look to and say, hey, look, that's that's who we want to emulate. That's who we want to become. That's who we want to make proud. But he was so wise, so smart that he could give off every other job to the coaches and he trusted in them. But when he needed to make a decision, he did it. Josh McDaniels being a really good example. You know, that's not an easy thing. That was almost the darkest period of his, of his entire tenure. And it was... At the time, he was, I believe, starting to lose a bit of his mental faculties. But he still, he saw that, you know, McDaniels wasn't getting it done. It wasn't going to work. And he made a change. He brought in a guy that he knew and trusted in John Elway. And, well, of course, the rest is history. And, I mean, I think I can speak for all of the Broncos Nation that we thank Mr. Bowen. I will pray for Mr. Bowen. Um and for his family in, in a tough time that I, I do understand a little bit. It, it's a tough time, but it's also a time of, of a bit of a relief in knowing that he is he is past the the, the pain and the 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 you know the loss of his uh, mental abilities and, and now God willing he can look down and say a prayer for the Denver Broncos because <laughs> we're gonna need it in the coming years, guys. We're going to need it. So um, yeah, again, prayers and thoughts with, with Pat Bowen and his family. And um, I will let Skipper Dude finish off um, our thoughts on Mr. Bowen. And then after Skipper Dude, I'll come back and we'll get a little bit into a, a bit more of a light conversation, a much lighter conversation. And we're going to talk about who the Broncos' top 20 best-looking players are. Now, this is going to be a bit controversial, but that's why we're here. So Skipper Dude next. And then following that, the Broncos' hottest players. After this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks as always for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today, with the hearts of Broncos country still heavy over the passing of Pat Bowen this past week, 
I thought I would weigh in with my tribute to the legendary Broncos owner, not so much to discuss his accomplishments and everything Pat Bowen has meant, not just to the Broncos, but to the city of Denver and the NFL at large, but rather I want to discuss just how difficult it is to be a great owner in the NFL. So if you're a regular at Broncos and Bratwurst, you know that my background is in business management. And there's an old story that I like to tell that actually came from an old boss of mine. His dad was, a C was the CEO of a mid-sized company, and he rarely spent time in the office. He played a lot of golf and went to a lot of social events. My, my boss asked his dad one day how it was that he could get away with not working a 40-hour week when everyone else had to. Son, he said, my job is the survival of the company. And that story has always stuck with me because it's so true. Companies become a reflection of the values and the personalities of their leaders. I'm working right now for a Fortune 500 company with a CEO who is a greedy, backbiting narcissist. Over time, the company has kind of molded itself into his image. Endless petty squabbles at the leadership level, no real sense of teamwork or buy-in at the technical levels, and generally low morale. It's no, really no surprise that the company is floundering. But all of these same cultural type issues that spring up in the business world also exist in the NFL and other major league sports. Now, of course, you, you'll have your nutty owners like Al Davis and, and your tension hounds like Jerry Jones who can set their organizations on a bad course for decades, but even much more subtle than that. I believe there are a number of organizations that battle with the same disease that afflicts the leadership chains of most large American corporations these days, and that's the fear of failure. I don't have any insider information on this, but I would guess that if you could take a deep look at the culture of perpetually mediocre franchises like the Bengals or the Titans or any more of the Giants, you would see a culture where the owner inspires his leadership team with a fear of failure that stuns greatness and ultimately brings about failure, or, or at least mediocrity. I, I, so whether it's one of these fear of failure owners or a narcissist like Jerry Jones or a kook like Al Davis, or a hot mess like the Rams' old owner, Georgia Frontieri, or an overbearing non-football guy like Dan Schneider of the Redskins, or the, the, the Lions' dysfunctional William Clay Ford, or even just a straight-up idiot like, like the Browns' Jimmy Haslam, any character flaw of an owner is going to eventually find its way onto the football field and ultimately into wins and losses. But guys, I think it gets even tougher than that. So let's discuss the Rockies owners, Dick and Charles Monfort. By all accounts, they're great guys, the, the makings of a great ownership team. One of our sons actually worked with Charles Monfort at, at Mesa University, where Charles is a trustee, and came away very impressed. He's intelligent, engaging, nice, he, he's committed to winning, he's willing to spend money, pretty much every want in an owner. But as a Rockies fan who's been a diehard, you know, since 1993, we, we've suffered through 25 years of basic mediocrity. One World Series appearance, but a grand total of zero division championships. Why? Well, what have the Monfords done wrong that Pat Bolin did right for the Broncos? For, for me, I count two main reasons, and they both have to do with misplaced loyalty. Number one, the Monfords originally bought the Rockies in conjunction with Jerry McMorris, who I always thought was a scummy businessman. And in their early days, McMorris and Monfort fell into the temptation, I think, uh, of turning the Rockies into a cash cow with, with, base, with Major League uh, Baseball record-breaking attendance figures and with little regard for putting together a quality on-field product. Now, by the late 90s, I think the Monfords started to figure out 
that they needed to put a better product on the field. But then they made mistake number two, which was hiring Dan O'Dowd. Now, now the interesting thing about O'Dowd is that to listen to him talk, he strikes you as one of the brightest and most engaging minds in the entire major leagues. And, and O'Dowd seemed to share the Montfort's basic Christian values and approach to running an organization. So really, I don't think you can fault the Montforts much for hiring him. On paper, it was actually a nice move. But as the early 2000s played themselves out, it became clear that O'Dowd had no instinct whatsoever for sniffing out baseball talent or for creating a quality farm system. A little run of success from 2007 to 2009 with the Gen R group, but other than that, O'Dowd was basically a bust. As Gen R started to fizzle out by 2010, the Montfort should have seen the big moved on from O'Dowd, if not even earlier than 10. But they held through the 2014 season, far longer than O'Dowd deserved. And suddenly, somehow, here are the Monforts, having made arguably only two mis significant mistakes. In, but 20 years into their ownership terms, they had basically nothing to show in terms of success, at least not with any division championships. Their loyalties had done them in. The Monforts, I believe, provide a striking example of just how precarious the demands of ownership can be and how any little mistake, or character flaw even, can cause such great long-term harm to the organization. Now, back to Pat Bowen. He took over in my first year as a Broncos fan in 1984 from an owner, Edgar, Edgar Kaiser, who in turn had bought um, the Broncos from the Phipps family in 1981, and it pretty well put the Broncos on that mediocre, mediocrity treadmill. And yes, Pat Bowen was blessed with one John Elway as his franchise quarterback the year he took over. But really, it was Pat Bowen who created the standard of excellence that would make the Broncos one of the top two or three NFL franchises over the next 35 years. One memory I have is Pat Bowen going on radio talk shows, which he didn't do that often. During, but he would go in the preseason and discuss the upcoming season. The host would ask him what, how he thought the Broncos were going to do in the upcoming year, and he'd just say, we're going to go 16-0, and and then we're going to win the Super Bowl. And guys, listen, I understand management speak. It's a language all of its own. And this was one of the most perfect, beautiful responses I've ever heard from a member of upper leadership. Did Pat Bowen really believe that the Broncos were going to go 16-0 and win the Super Bowl? No, of course he didn't. But what he was saying to Broncos country was, listen, I don't know how the season is going to go, but I know we have the right coaches and we have the right players in place in order to have success. And you know what? Typically, he did. But, but when he didn't, he did suffer for his own ego or any misplaced loyalties. I really thought that Pat Bowen's greatest moment was probably his toughest moment. Two years after having hired Josh McDaniels as head coach and practically speaking as general manager, and having watched McDaniels basically burn the Broncos' on-field product to the ground, Bowen moved in swiftly, fired McDaniels, and then humbled himself and turned to old friend John Elway for help. And of course, 2011 into 2012 served as a rebirth of a new golden age for Broncos football. One that has had some troubles with the past three seasons, but gives every appearance from being one of uh, being one season away from opening another legitimate contention window. So, Kevin, I just can't stress enough that not only was Pat Bowen one of the greatest owners in NFL history, but he really was the architect of the 35 years of excellence to which we have become accustomed. And as much as I credit John Elway for the Broncos' long-term success, and he has been a huge part. 
I actually give more credit to Pat Bowlin. His are going to be tough shoes to fill. Ownership-wise, the Broncos are a bit of a train wreck at the moment, but we can only hope that things will stabilize and that our next long-term owner, whoever that might be, will be able to carry on Pat's legacy. Kevin, back to you. Thanks to the skipper, dude. Yeah, there are some really great um, tributes to Pat Bowen all over the internet, and especially some really good ones at milehighreport.com. I highly recommend you go and check those out. Um, there are three or four or five articles about him, about people's personal experiences and what he meant to them, and I, I, I do highly recommend you, you see them because he deserves it. You know, Mr. Bowen deserves the recognition, and he, and he deserves that, you know, people go and 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 learn a little bit more about him and who he was. But as we said, um, I think it's it's also you know kind of a relief and a joyful time. So we will segue very uncomfortably from that you know difficult topic, very heavy you know serious topic into a very very light and non-serious topic because well you know it's the off season and and. You know, what else are we supposed to do? <laughs> so, like I said last week, we want to do the um, the hottest Broncos players um, on their current team. This isn't past guys. You know, this isn't Chad Kelly and he's, his weirdly uneven eyes. Um, this is the guys that are currently on the roster. So, the first thing we have to do, of course, is, is go through and pick... I decided to pick 20, 20 guys that have recognizable names because you go through the roster and you, you can't go, you can't obviously, you know, try to try to do every single player on the roster. It's just, it's too much and it's, it's too much work. And there are some guys that I, I seriously, I'm, I'm a pretty hardcore Broncos fan and I don't even recognize some of these names on the roster, like uh, Jake Brendel, offensive lineman from UCLA. Yep. I don't know. So we're going to try to do, you know, some of the guys that people will likely recognize and maybe we'll add in a few. Um, I actually do. Now that I'm looking at the roster the second time, I do already want to add a guy that I didn't have on the list. So maybe we'll have 21 or, or maybe a little bit more because he, he absolutely deserves um, some recognition for, for his um, different looks. Uh, (laughs) We'll, we'll get to him in a bit. Um, And I don't mean this, of course, you know, geez, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm married to a woman, you know, I don't, I don't look at dudes as being hot in any way. Um, But, you know, as guys, we can be objective, right? We can look at other men and say, okay, you know, he has the general traits of being good looking. I mean, you know, come on, I look at this list right now. And for me, as a dude, I see an obvious winner. I see an obvious winner. For, For me, I don't think this is even close. Now, yeah, again, I don't know. I don't I don't really judge guys that way, but but you know, if you're just looking at at normal tendencies of what is good looking, I, I, I see one player from the Broncos roster that is clearly above the rest. Now I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just, you know, put that out there and see if everyone else agrees. I, I want everyone to sit back, close your eyes, think of the Broncos players, and imagine the one guy who just has to be the best looking. I, I know even if you're guys, women, I'm sure you already have a list, you know, of your top five. I know even my wife does. And she was very excited about getting to um, help vote for these, the uh, the hottest list, um, which we're going to be doing this week. I'm going to try, I don't know if, how I'm going to do this exactly. Honestly, I'm kind of winging this as we go. 
Um, I imagine there are some websites um, where I can, you know, put a list of people and people can upvote or downvote players. So I'm going to do something like that. Now, I'm not entirely sure if if um, Tim and the other guys and gals over at MileHighReport.com are going to completely back this project, um, but we'll see. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, so um, I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that they're going to allow this entire um, topic. Because, you know, come on, it's fun, right? It's fun. We're not going to demean anyone. We're just going to talk about, you know, come on, who, who's who's the best looking? And there's some good looking dudes here. Now, you know, you have some of these guys who they have very different, unusual looks. Uh, I'd say, you know, Derek Wolf is definitely one of those guys. Now, he's obviously got to be on the list. He's one of the Bronco players. He's been here forever. He's a team captain. He's a beast. Um, he's got a cool name. He's got a cool celebration you know, for a dance after he gets a sack or something. Um, he's got the crazy kind of, I don't even know what it is, like a mohawk mullet kind of, <laughs> which uh, gives him a very interesting look. But I watched him do uh, an almost like like a mohawk mullet with dreads. It's a really unusual haircut. And he's got the beard going. The dude looks more like a, I don't even know, almost like half animal. And I mean that in all the best ways possible. The dude is a beast. I saw him in a video doing, I think, boxing or doing some boxing video. Holy cow. I am really glad I am not an NFL quarterback or offensive lineman because the dude looks like a monster. I, I think he's going to have a heck of a year. But anyway, this isn't about players and how they're going to perform. This is about their looks. Derek Wolf is just an example of a guy who I, I could see him getting some votes. I really could. I mean, I think, you know, he's got this total badass air about him. Um, I think he could be a dark horse. Derek Wolf could be a dark horse. There are some other guys like that. You know, you have different looks. You know, girls have different, you know, ideas of what's hot, right? I assume. I mean, guys do. So girls must, different girls must find different things attractive. I mean, look at Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris, I think he's like this. He's got this great smile. He's a total like teddy bear type guy. He's funny. I mean, he's got this grin and this laugh, and he's just totally endearing. So it's it's a little unfair, honestly, to do some of these guys only by by their um, thumbnail picture, but that, that's how we're going to have to do it. But I hope that that people who are, if anyone is is uh, you know partaking in this in this vote, which I hope again that we can do, um, that they go and watch some videos of these guys because the videos do these guys a lot more justice sometimes, like exactly like um, Shelby Harris. He, he's a guy just, he's a fun dude. I, I think, I mean, you know, actually, you know, looking at his thumbnail now, you can kind of see it. He's got a great smile, just a fantastic smile, Shelby Harris. So he's another guy. I think he could be a dark horse. I think he could, he could get somewhere. Absolutely. In this, in this vote. Now I want to run through real quickly the top 20. Um, I want people to go to milehighreport.com, assuming again, assuming this is allowed by, by Tim over at milehighreport.com. I think it, I think it will be, but I'm, I'm not positive. Um, and I want you to comment, give me some comments if I missed anyone. Okay, so again, go to milehighreport.com and find my article. You know, it's the one by Kevin Gillikin. And go in the comments and tell me who I missed, all right? Who, who, who else needs to be added to this list? So, of course, I started off with the three quarterbacks because you got to have the quarterbacks, right? Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Kevin Hogan. I mean, I think those are obvious. Now, Kevin Hogan, yeah, he may not be very well known, but I think it's still fair that the backup quarterback or maybe the number three guy, yeah, come on, he's got to be on this list. So those are the first three. Then, of course, you got Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Chris Harris Jr. You know, the, the, the stalwarts for the team, the guys 
who are kind of your defensive stars, right? Now, Von Miller, I think Von Miller could get some votes. You know, he's got the he's got those kind of big, um, what do you call them? Those big uh, fishbowl glasses, kind of. But uh, I, yeah, I think he's he's really got that charm. He's another guy who's really got that smile. You know, he's got that really nice, charismatic smile. And I think Von Miller, he he could make some waves here. Um, after that, you've got, of course, some of your other defensive guys. You got Shelby Harris Jr., like I said, um, Derek Wolf again. Um, I added, I added, um, Sam Jones. Now he's not well known, but the dude looks a lot like Aquaman. Okay. Or I think he's from Game of Thrones as well, which I haven't seen, but I think, I think he's from like Game of Thrones, this, this big, huge dude. I, I what's his name? Um, the actor Momoa, I think. I don't know. I, I, you, you ladies at least know who I'm talking about. The, the guy who played Aquaman. And I think Sam Jones at least bears a resemblance to him. So he may not be one of the top 20 well-known Broncos, but he's got to make the list just because he looks like Aquaman. Um, who else do we have? We have Brandon McManus. Um, he's got kind of your, your I don't know, kind of your typical, you know, tall, dark, and handsome type looks with that, you know, nice goatee going on. Uh, we got Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay. Now, Philip Lindsay, he he could be an interesting one, right? The the hair, the dude's he's he's got a very unusual look for sure. That the you know the big poofy hair, but I think he he could get he could go some places too, no doubt. Royce Freeman, Noel Fant, you know, of course the rookie's got to get in. Dalton Risner, um, Risner, Risner, I think it's Risner, um, a local kid, you know, a Colorado kid, you know, big, strong, tough. He's, of course, got to get on this list as well. Um, Kareem Jackson, also. Um, Bryce Callahan. Who else do I have? Troy Fumagalli. I think Troy Fumagalli could probably be put off the list. I think maybe maybe Jeff Hireman above Troy Fumagalli. I mean, Fumagalli is kind of another guy who I could see. You know, he's kind of got these typical white boy looks that maybe, maybe people find attractive. But Jeff Hireman's a little well-known. A little better known, I should say. Eh, we'll see. I, I may I may switch those two. Um, who else do we have? Uh, Jake Butt. Um, <laughs> maybe doesn't have the name, but he's got a nice face. And finally, I've got to tell you, my, my favorite, the guy who I think has got to win, is Emmanuel Sanders. The dude's just got it, you know? He's just got the looks. He's, he's got that sharp look. He's got that... He's always got that nice sharp haircut. He's got a great smile. He's got like perfect teeth. The dude's got perfect teeth. He's got just an amazing smile. He's really charismatic. Yeah. I mean, again, maybe this sounds weird because I'm a guy, you know, and again, whatever, you know, but yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think he's a good looking dude. Good looking dude. And I think, I think Emmanuel Sanders should, should hands down win this competition. Now, whoever's voting, guys, girls, whatever your uh, tendencies, I suppose, I think um, it's got to go to Sanders. Now, I don't want to sway the vote. Of course, everyone has their own opinions, their own tastes, and we will see how this goes. I'm curious, though. I mean, you know, at the top, I wonder who the top three are going to be because there's some pretty good looking dudes on this list. I I would guess it's got to be Emmanuel Sanders and then maybe, I mean, you know, Joe Flacco's got a kind of got, he's got this, you know, kind of this veteran, almost salt and pepper look. He's almost, he's almost got that like, um, George Clooney style, right? 
right? I, I could see Joe Flacco being a top three. I really could. Now, as for the other top three guy, I don't even know. I don't know. I think it could be it could be tight. I, I think they're you're gonna have a dark horse in that other top three position. I, I really think it could be someone like Shelby Harris. I do. I really do. I, just a nice looking dude. Great smile. Fantastic smile. We're gonna see. Again, I want everyone to go to milehighreport.com and check out the article, which I hope, I hope, I hope is published. Um and definitely, if I can figure out how to put this on some sort of website for a ranker um, vote, this is a very important project, a project that all Broncos fans need. They need this. They need to know who we think is the best-looking Broncos player at the moment. Um, I did this when I, I, I had my own personal blog years ago covering Denver sports. And by a long shot, this was the most popular blog I ever did like by far <laughs> so I'm really curious you know maybe it's absolutely nothing here with mileharryport.com maybe they don't even allow it um either way I think it's I think it's kind of fun I'm going to try to attach you know the 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 little um the little pictures of all these guys um hopefully I don't get a, a, you know an angry call from the Denver Broncos um and hopefully I don't get an angry call from from Tim Lynch over at mileharryport.com either way hopefully it gets published uh I think it'll be fun and I do highly recommend that you go and check out some videos of some of these guys, especially like Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf. I, I'm excited. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm excited to see what what people what people vote for these guys. Um, I, but again, I, I think the clear favorite for me is, is it's got to be Sanders. It's got to be Sanders. I, I just don't see anyone else even in his in his, in his stratosphere. You know, he, the dude is in his own level, totally in his own level. But we will see what the ladies and the guys say about the hottest Denver Broncos. And that's all I've got for you. Yeah, I know a very informative podcast today. It's the off season again. You know, that's that's how we roll. No no real news going on. You know, things really start up in the next few weeks. Um, but at the moment, yeah, we talk a little bit of inanity. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Go check out the pot, the podcast. You're already listening to the podcast. Check out the blog, mileharryport.com. Always get all of your Denver Broncos information at mileharryport.com because they're really the best at what they do. Off season, regular season, hopefully post season. Um, yep. And stay tuned next week, next Monday for our second edition about the Broncos hottest players. And we'll find out who people ranked from 1 to 20. Till then, peace.